From Centered, welcome to the Take Root Podcast, where our purpose is to share testimonies that encourage you to deepen your roots of faith. Join host Karen Johnson to hear stories of those who have experienced God directing their own lives to a deeper, engaged faith. So friends, it's so good to be together with you again today and have the opportunity to introduce you to another dear friend of mine, Katie Robertson. Katie is the founder and director of The Anchor, which is a monthly gathering of women to hear about the hope that is in Jesus. This ministry officially started in 2012, and these groups are unexpectedly growing faster than ever in this time of COVID-19. Katie's passion for sharing the love of Jesus has been in her from a very young age, but it was her journey through one of life's greatest storms that caused her to launch The Anchor. I know you're going to be so blessed in listening to her story. So Katie, thank you for being here with us today. Thanks for taking time. Yes, you are so (laughs) welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I wish everybody could see your sweet face and your smile and just I know they'll get to feel your heart. So Katie, the story of how you came to start The Anchor is really amazing. Uh, It's been quite a journey, but let's start with how you came to faith as a little girl. Let's start there. I better think back there a little while in my life. Um, (laughs) I actually grew up in the church and um, it wasn't though until I was 12 years old, to be exact, Mm -hmm. that my older sister took over my youth group and Mm -hmm. she just had this desire for, well, I have a twin sister. She wanted her sisters to really hear about who Jesus is and how that you can have a relationship with him. And she took us to a concert and it was at that time I, for the first time, heard from the musician, pastor up front, about the amazing love that the Lord had for me, that he died for me and had forgiven my sin and that I could ask him in my heart Hmm. and that I could have him as my best friend forever. And at 12 years old, I thought, oh my goodness, how come no one has ever shared this amazing news with me? I could not wait to jump in and follow Jesus. And it was that very day I, it was, they had anyone who wanted to follow the Lord come up front and I was first up and I got my first Bible and I honestly from that very day, and that was a long time ago, I have held onto that Bible so tight that changed my life and every decision I've ever made. It's a really clear memory for you. I love hearing that story. Yeah. So you had this beautiful understanding of God's love for you at a young age. Um, Then you met and married your wonderful husband, had three beautiful children. Tell us about this part of your life. I went to the actually University of Washington where I got involved being a young life leader Uh and a local high school there, Roosevelt High School. And um, I did lots of young life activities and This is the story of meeting my husband, Ron Robertson. I laid eyes on him at the Young Life Camp Malibu. I love it. And I was smitten, and so was he. And so (laughs) the story, the romance in the inlet on the mountain. (laughs) That's where it all began. I love that. So we were, um, you know, he was on Young Life staff and up in the Snohomish County area. And we were married. And we actually, to make the long story short, we moved to Gig Harbor that's the bulk of our um, married t- life together. It's been 34 uh-huh. years, but we raised our children and that's, we had three. Mm-hmm. We had our oldest daughter, Karina, and then a few years later had Annika and our son, Eric. And so yeah. our favorite, favorite memories are 
in our town, Gig Harbor and boating. We have this kind of nautical theme and our favorite pastime is boating, any size boat. But we got into the larger boats chartering every summer and our favorite, favorite memories happen at Roach Harbor in the San Juan Islands Hmm. and at the Malibu camp up in Canada for Young Life up in the Princess Louisa Inlet. Those were anchored there the adventures to be had as a family, I could never say enough. Those are the top memories. That's where it all began. Yeah. And if any of you uh, listeners out there have never been to Malibu or are not familiar with Young Life. I probably yeah. should add one little point of yeah. interest is that it was um, 2005, our family bought our first boat. And that was a big deal. It was named the Epiphany. And as I I will share the rest of my story, you will see the timing on it was pretty spectacular that our family would have this special um, memory place. So this is the part that gets hard now. Um, You had this just picturesque life, treasuring the memories, loving being a mom, loving young life, being a leader in that alongside Ron. Then you were hit with a huge and painful challenge. Tell us more about your oldest daughter, Karina about her faith and about that season of your life? Well, that was that year, 2005. Mm -hmm. It was June 21st, the longest day of the year. The last day of eighth grade for our daughter, Karina, she was diagnosed with AML leukemia, which is a very acute form. And that first, um, the news of that was shocking out of the blue, the biggest storm ever to hit my life. I thought, I was gonna drown, those are my first things. I was gonna drown and how could I ever think of a picture of our family without Karina? If you're a parent out there, you just, you you can't, it doesn't, you can't do that. You can't think of a picture without someone in your family very well. So those were my first initial thoughts. And it was um, the start of a journey that was to really, our faith is what came into play, into action. Mm -hmm. And I can share a few, I'll share a few of those um, moments of that time that was very significant. That very, very first night that Karina was diagnosed, I really, words to me, I'll never forget. She said, without a shadow of a doubt, mom, if the worst happens, I'll be with Grammy Jean, my mom who passed away not too long before that, and I'll be with Jesus. Hands down, no doubt about it, she was totally resting in that promise. She had just been so strengthened in her faith over the years. I had poured everything into Karina. Everything I knew about Jesus, my husband did too. She grew up so, um, what's the word? Just immersed in faith, watching her parents involved in Young Life. My husband was on Young Life staff for 18 years. We've been very involved. And Karina was a part of all of our doings to leading Young Life clubs, to leading Young Life, the campaigner Bible studies, Karina was a part of it. And that very first night in the hospital, she had her Bible, her devotional right there on the table. I'm, you know, in shock going, oh my gosh, how are we going to deal with this whole thing? And Karina was so at peace and assured as she read to me from her devotional, mom, you got to hear this. It's so good. She read from Psalm 66 that said, the Lord has surely heard me. He will not withhold his love from me. If I could sum up our journey, that was God's love. Nothing can separate us from him, no matter what crazy storms and frightening times we're going through. The Lord just continued to show his love through just special details, 
people, you name it. I just, we felt his presence all the way. And so that, um, that first night, that was a moment I'll never forget because Karina, I was so thankful that I had, we had given our faith to her yeah. and she had taken it for herself and she was actually giving back to me. She yes. was assuring me the promises. And if anyone could look back in time and see her as a little girl at three years old, she was giving messages from her <laughs> Bible, like a young life talk, like her father would do every Monday night. She was <laughs> so, so strong in her faith. She accepted Jesus in her heart at four. She mm-hmm. was reading the Chronicles of Narnia in first mm-hmm. grade. She read them all. She wanted to be a missionary. She was holding Young Life camps in our backyard in sixth and seventh grade with wow. all the girls around. I was dreaming big for our daughter. She she had it and she was so excited. Her faith really held her strong. And that, for me, I was so thankful. They're never too young. That's kind of my motto now. They're never too young out there. Wow. Any mom listening or dad. <laughs> and we're never too old to really hold on to that, to our faith in Jesus. He really does hold strong. You know, this was a five-year journey. Karina had leukemia that first time in eighth grade, and we almost lost her that first time she got it. Um, She was supposed to have a certain amount of chemotherapy treatments, and she got a really bad infection and almost, almost passed away um, that first when, so she was 14 years old. Pulled through. We were so thankful, and then it was a year later, she, it came back again. The leukemia came out of nowhere. And my mother gut feeling always was, you know, she never had finished those. She's supposed to have five rounds of the chemotherapy. She only had had four. I just always had that gut fear that I could come back. Well, sure enough, it came back really bad. And our, I used to, I call it the plan of attack on the enemy. Cancer is a awful enemy enemy. Mm -hmm. And we got to, our next plan of action was a transplant. And the best thing would be is if she could have a sibling bone marrow match. Thankfully, our daughter, Annika, and she had the exact same bone marrow, which is very miraculous to me as a mom. They say 30% of your children can have the same match. If your babies look like each other as Hmm. newborns, there's a very strong chance they have the same. So all of you out there, you might know, (laughs) but my daughter did look like twins as babies. And Oh, I could never say how thankful because the, hmm. the cure rate is a little higher if you can have this sibling match. Hmm. So um, once again, this was a very stormy time to, we had to move from Gig Harbor, Washington, where we of course have been living for a long time. We had to move to the Seattle area, be hmm. 15 minutes away from the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center and 15 minutes from Children's Hospital. And it's one of those stories that, still blows me away. I just feel like God in the details, loving on us. We just happened to know the people who had bought this beautiful piece of property called on Hunts Point, the point. Mm -hmm. If anyone's from that area, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's this beautiful property and it had a dock on it. Mm -hmm. And um, to not get into too many of the details, it was lengthened for our family to put our boat that we had just recently happened to buy our boat that we could live on it. And it was like a, to me, it was like an ark. It was like this yeah, yeah. COVID times. It's this place you can shelter down and be safe in your boat. But we got to live on this beautiful piece of property and be 15 minutes. And I mean, exact from wow. Seattle Children's Hospital and Fred Hutch. You could not have it better for me. That's and amazing. that's where we were for 100 days. And 
it was a scary time, but I got to say, it is a miracle having a transplant, people who give their bone marrow and stem cells. It yeah. just blew me away how in a couple hours, our little Annika, she was 13 years old, gave her stem cells and they just, you know, drive them on over to the children's hospital, hospital in a little cooler and hook her up on an IV to Karina and those stem cells in two hours. Karina wow. had a new life. It was just an incredible miracle to me that you can yeah. have a transplant and be miraculous. Given yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I don't know what I thought a transplant was, but until you go through one, yeah. um, it is just amazing. So it was, our daughters were so close. They already were the closest of close sisters, best <laughs> friends. but then they had this motto, one mind, one marrow. They were, like, <laughs> they were so close. And uh -huh. so they just continued their friendship. They, I kind of felt like I had twins almost. They had the same DNA mm -hmm. after their transplant. So it was pretty, it was just amazing. And Karina had three perfect, perfect years. And during that time, I held on to a Bible verse that really um, has been so strong in my life that it's from Proverbs 19, verse 21. It says, a man may plan his heart or his ways, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. During this whole journey, this is not what Katie planned ever. I am the planner of, you know, the perfect little family, all growing healthy and strong, living on the same road someday and having the grandchildren. I have that little <laughs> life. Yep. And this was not my plan to, you know, uproot, move to Seattle, go through a transplant. It was so crazy, but I've just held on to God's purpose. Mm -hmm. He's bigger and he knows best. He's our father who knows best. Mm -hmm. He's got the plan and the purpose. I don't. My purpose is to hold on to him. That's what I've learned the most during this whole journey. And Karina did too, our whole family. To fast forward, so we got this three years. Karina seemed like we had beat this cancer. It was gone and never coming back. I thought we weren't going to see this again. But then she began her first year at SPU. So that was 2009. And she had a great first freshman quarter that fall quarter, and then it was January, 2010, out of the blue, January 22nd. It's a crazy day still when that day hits. The cancer came back and she was diagnosed with the leukemia again, and it was back with a vengeance. And during that time, you know, she, it was, she had three months and she actually passed away. It was April 26th, 2010. But what stood out so strong to me during that time was those last two weeks of her life, a dear friend of ours, his name's Rob Lane. He I know Rob. To, yeah. yes, he came to be with us. I mean, just out of the kindness of his heart, he would, yes. he's a retired oncology doctor. Yes. He would come and stay with us um, in the early morning for two weeks. He'd come to the ICU. I mean, it's a very strict place to be if you've ever been in the ICU. He would check all the, you know, all of the details of Karina's, or, you know, all of her um, vitals and everything and give us the scoop. And you know, shortly before she passed away, he cornered me in the corridor of the ICU mm -hmm. and so took me off guard. He asked me this one question that I, I grapple with it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been 10 years. Mm -hmm. He said, he asked, Katie, is Jesus enough? And at first, when he said those words, I kind of got a little defensive, like they were fighting words. I'm like, what do you, when the heck do you mean by that? You mean she's yeah. not going to make it? <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, it's all like it's almost like he knew. It's almost like a lot of the everyone knew it didn't look good. But a mother's hope, and you never, you hold on to the very, very end. You just 
you think the Lord's gonna, you know, she's gonna gonna make it right. You knew our prayers. Oh my goodness. You knew our, our heart and prayers. And, um, those words were fighting words, but I got to say, is Jesus enough? Yes, indeed. I can say from the depths of my heart, Jesus is more than enough. He has held me so strong. He really held Karina so strong. I cannot believe how our daughter stood the test and, and the words and the things she'd say a lot more to the story. There's so many amazing um, things that Karina shared with us that, I mean, her strength in Jesus is what kept her. Yeah. Tell us one or two of those. In her last days, she went, the last thing I remember her telling me is she woke me in the middle of the night and which in the hospital, sometimes it's hard to sleep. So being awakened isn't the most fun. And she woke me up and she goes, mom, I think I see something. Hmm. And I, I woke up more. She goes, I think it's a metaphor. And that's when I, I really woke up because our family doesn't talk about metaphors, you know, (laughs) that is not a family word or I don't use that word. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, what is she going to say? And she goes, mom, I see a lot of trees uprooted and blowing around in a storm. Hmm. And I see one standing tall and strong. And so in my head, my mind, I could see this one big tree rooted and standing tall and strong. And then I saw these other ones, kind of the root balls blowing around. But that was her last, those are her last words, really coherent words to me, this metaphor, which Mm. at first I thought, oh, she's going to, this is going to mean she's going to live. Yeah. But as we know, she doesn't. But then to me, it, it means no, that I can stay strong and grounded, Mm. anchored in my faith, in our faith. That's what held her strong. So that the whole metaphor thing, hmm. and I mean, that's, there's so much to it. That's I mean, a powerful anchors story. Well, and I know with take root and anchors, I've Googled them both. They help you stay firm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> secure. Our, the Lord is seriously our, he is the anchor and helps ground us. So yeah. for her, that was a really amazing though. I don't share that too often that she shared those words, but hmm. she definitely, her favorite verse was, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is such a beautiful story. And you know, the words that you're saying that this is going to make me cry, that Jesus is enough for you to be able to say those words is um, such a powerful thing for anyone to hear because the loss of a child is something that is the thing you never imagine and you never want to even consider. No. Um, were, Were you ever angry with God? Yes, I actually prayed. I mean, I've had so many, I, I just claim or cling to this verse from Psalm 910. It says, the Lord will not forsake those who seek him. Uh-huh. And I am a seeker of the Lord. I just was at his, you know, just begging him, pleading, Lord, please, please, you know, heal our girl for this earth. Yeah. And he didn't. And I, I have really, you know, wrestled with that and been angry and cried out, you know, and I, to show me you're here. And that's where I could go on and on with crazy stories, how God has mm-hmm. truly answered me yeah. in those moments, because I, I will never understand. Yeah. I will never understand why Karina, yeah. Karina was going to change the world. I used to rub her feet 
every day for two weeks in the ICU, pleading with the Lord that these feet were going to bring good news. Yeah. They were going to bring good news. Yeah. We were going to change the world together, Karina and I. That was our dream. Yeah. He and I would love to talk about faith and how, you know, what you can do, how you can share it, everything. So I just, that part I'll never, I'll never understand. But like I've said, God's purpose prevails. Yeah. yeah. And he has shown up in the most special, special ways to me. And that probably, I can go on to why I started. Yeah. Well, let me, let me put it this way. I'm just thinking as you're talking that usually we think of that the parent passing on the legacy to the child, which you did, but then you said she also passed it back to you. So it's kind of like her feet are carrying on through you. We, we usually think of that the other way around, you know, the parent through the child. But in this case, she was very much a part or, or part of the story of, of why you started the anchor. So how about if you share why did you start the anchor? Where did that come from? And tell well, us that story. Those, yeah, that's one of those things that I um, just watching how strong her faith in Jesus held her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's the one that's facing the illness. She's mm-hmm. facing the enemy that's trying to take her life. Yeah. She was so strong and she kept a prayer journal that if her prayer journal is amazing, it has her you know wrestling with the lord and her that she chooses to rest in him and would see him at work and i just seeing her faith in action is speaks so loud when you watch your own child you know holding on to i mean i didn't bring my bible out the first night in the hospital yeah 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 i'm like shaking in the corner going oh yeah let's try the faith or you know like that she put the anchor to the test right first thing and I was right there with her she was giving back to me it was powerful Mm -hmm. to watch your child you know be able to give that back yeah but so in starting the anchor what really was a culminating um, factor in it is a story that happened a year after Karina passed away my husband and I we volunteered to be the camp um, summer staff directors at this young life camp Malibu where you are in charge of 40 college kids, ages like 19 to 25. And we thought, oh, that would be a great idea. We get to be up at Malibu, our favorite family place and uh-huh. in the inlet there. So we get there, every 19 year old girl with brown hair, that's what my daughter was when she passed away. I would see these beautiful girls and I think, why does my daughter have to be gone? I mean, like I just, that was a really hard time for me. Even though it was a wonderful experience, it brought up some real emotions for me. And that's when, if you've ever been at Malibu, there is a rock. I was sitting on this rock for a little while and I cried out in true desperation. Desperation. It makes me want to cry right now because I remember, and I don't let myself go there too often, but I was kind of thinking, I don't know if I can live without Karina and I just prayed so kind of shouted it out no one could hear me only the Lord yeah Yeah. Lord, could you just show me you're here and that I could I'll be able to make it through this life because I don't know if I can you know it was that desperation prayer now as we all know God is God and he answers our prayers not always the way we want them not in their timing but I got to tell you, right this time I prayed, he answered 
very quickly. And I think that maybe he knew the desperation or I don't know. It's, I just, I want to encourage anyone out there. And when you are at the desperate to really call on the Lord, he is dying to love on us. And I cried out in that desperation. And what happened after that still blows my mind. And that's why I wanted to really get the word out there. Jesus is real because it was the very like next day, my daughter, Annika discovered this photo poster size photo framed on the main street of Malibu. If anyone's ever been to this Young Life Camp Malibu, you'll know on the main street there in kind of where the medical area is. And, the, and my daughter looked at this photo. It was a picture of two young girls walking from behind out to the outer dock. And my daughter studied it for a minute and she came to the conclusion the one girl in the picture was Karina. Huh. And she huh. came running to find me. Annika was so excited with the best news. She comes to find me, mom, Karina, I, Karina's in this picture. And I'm like, no way. I'm so skeptical. There's just, there's no way. Why would there be a picture of Karina at Malibu? And so I go, she brings me to it. I look at it, totally have, no, that's not her. We look at the picture, but I'll make the long story short. Annika pointed out the details, her elbows, her pink shorts to the little ponytail. This photo that's enlarged was in fact a picture of our daughter, Karina. Mm -hmm. And if um, anyone's ever been to this Young Life camp, the camp manager, we went to ask him, do you know anything else about this photo? This is too crazy that Karina is in this picture. There are no other pictures framed, okay? There's just this one picture. Huh. And he goes, well, we've been wondering who those girls are. They, <laughs> no one's ever known who they are. So I'm like, this is Karina, this is our daughter. And everyone was floored, the whole camp, it was kind of the, the buzz of the camp. Karina's, you know, Karina's here in the camp in the picture. And so then we got to hear more of the story and it got even crazier because they, we found out that the photographer who took the picture was in fact from Gig Harbor, our town. And she was married to this doctor, Dr. Rob Lane, who had asked me, is Jesus enough? His wife, whom we didn't, I didn't know her at this time. This is a few years before Karina passed away. This photo had been taken. And the gal, we got to talk to her and she shared how, you know, she had taken thousands of photos for, you know, she was hired to take yeah. camp pictures yeah. and that 350 kids get off this Malibu princess boat. And the one, she snaps this picture and then it's chosen out of thousands of pictures to be framed. And it's our daughter, Karina, and it's found by her sister. And it's that we just happened to be working there in the summer. Oh, I had just cried out. And I know this might sound like a crazy story, but uh, to me, that was God in the details, loving on Katie, loving on my family. There's no way, there's no way that this picture would just appear and the more you hear the details of how it was taken and all the kids at Malibu and it just was to me another one of those it's a miracle to me like a wonder Absolutely. of God how that could happen and I couldn't wait I want everyone to know I'm no special kid of the Lord's he wants to love on all of us and so with that I'm like I want to start some kind of a gathering for women that they can come and hear firsthand about how I've seen Jesus to be real or, or other women or other people to share how they've seen him for real in their life. So I gathered some friends in my living room in Gig Harbor 
and we started to talk about this idea and praying about it. And we said, let's do it. And that is when <laughs> I looked at the pillow on my chair in my living room in Gig Harbor, has an anchor on it. And I jokingly said, why don't we call it the anchor? Uh, we've got to name this thing, this gathering. And that, first of all, we laughed it off and oh, that's probably, not, that's not going to be good. But then looking at an anchor, if you really look at it close, it has a cross in it mm-hmm. and it symbolizes strength. And that's when I looked up in my Bible. I wondered if there was an anchor verse. I've never heard of an anchor verse. Well, Hebrews 6:19 says we have this hope, Jesus, as an anchor for the soul firm and secure. Hmm. And you know what? An anchor for the soul, firm and secure. I mean, he's our anchor for today, right here, living on this earth and for eternity. Yeah. And that's where Karina is. I mean, it's this, that's the hope we have. We have the hope to live strong on this earth, holding on to Jesus as our anchor, and we get to live forever isn't that the best news? I always think everybody needs that news. Everybody does. And you have this continuing passion to share that truth. And so you started this ministry called The Anchor. I had the privilege of helping you for a few years when you were getting you it going did. in Bellevue. Now it is growing more than ever in this time of COVID. And you transitioned so beautifully to do home parties and have it on Zoom and invite women to just invite people over as they felt comfortable to now do it in their own homes. It is pretty amazing. The anchor has been, is grown to 10 cities in the Northwest before COVID struck. And it was a year ago this month in January, we had our biggest anchor in Bellevue, 130 ladies. We could, didn't even have enough chairs for everybody. I remember people were sitting on the floor. It was an amazing <laughs> night. I was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? Well, then we were so excited for what's coming next. Well, then the pandemic strikes and it was March 12th. Couldn't believe the timing. Everything's closed down, but that was the day I got the IRS letter officially saying, you know, we are a nonprofit status. We are now a 501c3. And I I was like, what are we doing? This is crazy. (laughs) And that is when it got really amazing. We had not even knowing about the pandemic. We had set up to start our weekly blog on our website. Mm -hmm. And that started kind of that April time. So that was last, with the end of April, we wanted to be able to bring some kind of hope and encouragement to women during the pandemic. And the timing was perfect. We were all set up to start that. And then we had this amazing idea to take the anchor virtual and have that on video and we um it was actually I was reading in um it's a little passage in Luke 10 you know the story most some of you the Mary and Martha story and it, it just jumped off the page Mary and Martha had invited Jesus into their home where they could sit and listen you know at his feet and I just had this vision of we're gonna we can just bring the anchor into homes And during this time, we can just gather small groups. It might be like a Mary and Martha, the sisters together, or just some close (laughs) friends during COVID. And we are providing this anchor. We call it the anchor at home once a month, the first Thursday of the month. Mm -hmm. And we did our first one in May. And then we started again, October. We've done it. We're going to head through May again. Mm -hmm. It's the first Thursday. And we are just 
over, it, it's amazing. We've been able to have these guest musicians from Nashville, like Stephen Curtis Chapman and Brandon yeah. Heath, yeah. Natalie Grant, JJ Heller. Like it just doesn't, it just ceases to amaze me and never ceases to amaze me. Amaze me. And we have, um, we've had 3,500 views on our YouTube which oh, for a little, you know, our little ministry starting up, we're very thrilled. We're <laughs> 45, we've just hit 45 states. So oh. if you look at our um, statistics, we just recently found out, I'm like, it is blowing me away. So we, and we now have people who are signing up on our website. They'd like to host anchors. So we're getting gals from all around that are interested in um, helping host these watch parties in their home or when the pandemic does calm down and we can actually gather together. We have yeah. women who are interested in helping lead an anchor in their community. Huh. So the videos have truly taken the anchor to the next level and, and gone way farther. We have been dreaming big. We wanted to take the anchor everywhere, yeah. but I feel like because of the pandemic and how we've used this virtual um, technology, we've been able to grow even faster. Yes. So it's yeah. really exciting what's happened. Well, and you guys, you've done a, just a fabulous job, a very inviting format, and your website is beautiful. And so the last thing I want to end with here is somebody listening, some woman listening right now is thinking, oh, I want to do that. How do I start, start that in my home? So where do they go and how do they get involved with the anchor? That is a great question. Um, yes, those of you who are interested, you can go to our website, theanchorgathering.com. And you can um, find out there, you can sign up for the weekly encouragement, which comes through the blog. And then you also get a weekly information on when our anchor at home is, and you can sign up to be a host for a watch party, or you can, there's a watch party kit that you can download. And you can also sign up if you're interested in leading an anchor in your mm -hmm. community. That's what we're really hoping and praying for, because we want to share this amazing hope with women everywhere all ages all backgrounds that mm -hmm. they would be encouraged mm -hmm. and they would be anchored in faith wherever they are on that journey and in their friendships mm -hmm. so we're really excited about women getting on board and getting to get this link for our youtube we have a youtube channel and you can subscribe there and just sharing that link with whoever in these different wherever in this in the United States, we love it. And we want to take it even, you know, in the world. So we're go. dreaming. We're dreaming with you. So thank you so much, Katie. And for everybody, again, the, the website is theanchorgathering.com. So go check it out. It's a wonderful place to invite your friends who maybe even don't have a faith. It's a very safe environment to invite people in to consider the love of Jesus. Oh, yes, I forgot to mention too. Katie has authored a book called Anchored that is a lot about the story of Karina. And she's also written a Bible study. I forgot to mention you're an author on top of all this. So um, you can check those out as well. Available on Amazon, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So Katie, thank you so much for being with us and sharing your story. I know parts of it are still painful. Your beautiful faith through it all is going to encourage so many out there. So thank you. Love you, and I'll see you soon, my friend. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you for listening to the Take Root Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share. To learn more about Centered and hear more stories of discovery and growth in Jesus, visit us at centered.org.